The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Happy uh, Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving weekend, evening before Thanksgiving. I don't know. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're downloading, more than likely, statistically speaking, you are American and do celebrate that holiday. So happy tea day to you. For any of our listeners who uh, live abroad, shout out to Victor in Brazil uh, and many others. This intro is relevant to you starting now. It is the APC podcast here at acmepackingcompany.com, SB Nation's site devoted to all things Green Bay Packers. Your humble producer, Zach Rapport here. Standing in my closet in my bedroom in Queens, New York, about to throw it to an interview that I promise you we did at a real studio. An interview that Alex Patakis, Ben Foley, and myself did with Arif Hassan at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. A great follow if you don't follow him uh, already. Even if you're not a Vikings fan, uh, he's fun to follow. But uh, as I mentioned, Vikings fan, he covers the Vikings for The Athletic. He is a friend of show at this point. You know him, you love him. He's been on, I think this is maybe his third time. So we previewed Packers, uh, Vikings. He was a good sport. We had a little friendly rivalry banter, and and a lot of fun was had there. That interview, along with the episode that we published earlier this week, was recorded at the Craig Newmark School of Journalism in Manhattan, engineered by Amber Watson. Shout out to Amber for making us sound slightly less like goobers, although we dig ourselves a pretty deep hole every week. Anyway, follow the show at the APC pod on Twitter, at Zach Rapport, at Alex Patakis, at Ben Foldy. Speaking of Twitter, if you don't follow Aaron Rodgers, uh, he did post a video on Twitter and Instagram, uh, I believe, earlier today. He's working with State Farm to help uh, raise money in the name of the relief effort for the fire in California. Of course, Rogers, a California native. So he posted a video, and for every retweet, of that video with the hashtag retweet for good retweet number four good state farm will donate one dollar for every retweet last i checked which was about mm, a half hour ago uh here on wednesday afternoon it was already at like forty thousand retweets so that's forty thousand dollars that they didn't have before so if you don't follow aaron Rodgers at the apc pod on twitter we tweeted it out uh i did as well at zach rapport so if you don't have money to donate, that is a, a way for someone else to donate money on your behalf. And it is obviously for a very good cause. Subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes if you have not done so already. 
And with that, I'm just going to stop lathering, get out of your hair, and throw it to our Vikings Packers preview episode with Arif Hassan from The Athletic. The number you dialed is... Follow Arif Hassan on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. Check out his work covering the Vikings for The Athletic. He's here to preview a matchup for sole possession of second place in the NFC North. Arif, thanks a lot for the time. How's it going, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, we're okay. We spent uh, our podcast earlier in this week talking about whether or not the Packers season can, in fact, just be buried. Um, I assume that same question is applicable to the Vikings. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, certainly there's definitely a lot of Vikings fans who are just like, ah, the season's over. Uh, you know, turn it over. Uh, you know, figure out kind of what your options are on the off season. No one's really said tank mode yet because it's kind of difficult to tank at this point in the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of Vikings fans say that they're turned off. I don't know. By the time uh, the Packers game turns around, I'm, I'm sure they'll be just as excited as they always were. So I, I think one of the things that really, I don't know how present on uh, Packers Twitter you are, how much it pops up in your feed, but like there was this, a very vocal anti-Rodgers uh, sentiment after Thursday night. And how we, we just for the record, most of us here think that's dumb. But um, how much is it? Like, I have to wonder how much are Vikings fans kind of second guessing the Cousins extension or not extension, the signing. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot, and I think it's it's obviously it's kind of like a different flavor of it, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, you know, I think for Packers fans, you know, Rogers performing kind of at anything but kind of the best quality quarterback you could have in the NFL. God mode is new, yeah. And so, right, yeah, and so so any deviation from that is 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 you know it's it's time to panic. Whereas I think for the for Vikings fans, it's more you keep on getting sold hope. And then the hope gets pulled away. You keep on getting sold hope and it gets pulled away. And so they haven't had high level quarterback play for a really long time. Mm. Yeah, not until, you know, they, they had like an old Packer running it. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, a, a lot of it just has to do with kind of like protecting themselves from like the possibility that, you know, oh, this quarterback is going to screw us in the playoffs or whatever. So I think there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, you pay quarterback $84 million. You expect to see more than, than what you saw. But I think, you know, that it's kind of in the same way that, that the vocal ones are the ones with the criticisms are the ones that kind of, you know, have reasons to, to talk mm-hmm. as opposed to the ones that have always had faith in Rogers or cousins are the ones that are just like not talking all that much. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's kind of like a vocal minority is getting boosted. I'm not sure that there's a ton or at least a majority of Viking fans that are saying, you know, Hey, 10 weeks into a three year deal, uh, you know, we, we now have like definitive evidence that the Vikings made like a huge mistake, but certainly there are a number of vocal people, and I'm not going to say it's like an insubstantial amount of people mm-hmm. uh, that think the Vikings have screwed up. For me, I think it's like this is kind of who you got. I don't think actually they paid that much for him. I mean, everyone talked about $84 million. I mean, it's spread over three years. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I feel like they're getting what they paid for. He's, he's an above-average quarterback. Can I ask you kind of an inside baseball question just for somebody who doesn't watch every Vikings game but sees one thing over and over again? Sure. Why does Kirk Cousins get so much knocked down at the line of scrimmage? So that's a new thing. 
It's That's not a I thing thought. that he had in Washington at all. Yeah. It's not a problem he had in college. Um, and so people are actually trying to figure out kind of what it is. Everybody has different theories. We haven't proven anything. My theory, actually, it's there's like this whole grandified, grand unified theory for cousins I have. I'm going to be publishing a piece on it soon. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of it just has to do with the, the way that he takes in coaching. And I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that he likes to be kind of what an ideal or a perfect quarterback in any particular situation is going to do. And that means maintaining um, like the same reads on the same play against the same defense. It means, uh, you know, maintaining the same throwing motion at all times. So he doesn't change his arm slot uh, when, when he sees obstacles kind of in his way, he'll pull down and then he'll reload, but he won't kind of like, you know, how Stafford sidearms it or mm-hmm. Rogers will change kind of the angle of the arm. Um, you know, that's not something he does. He kind of maintains the same throwing motion. It's a really good throwing motion. He's patterned it off of Brady. Um, but kind of the things that separate, you know, really high level quarterbacks from really good quarterbacks very often is the kind of the improvisational nature of knowing I have to do this kind of differently, which is why I think cousins kind of suffers in two minute situations. I think it's kind of related to that. Mm. I think it's related to him suffering under pressure. I think it's all kind of related to his struggles is that he tries to be kind of this robotic quarterback that does things all the same way. I'm not an, it's just my theory. Yeah. It's like kind of my pet thing, but I think, I think it checks out. The Stanislav Lem theory of Kirk Cousins QB. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, like, we, you spent a lot of time talking about Cousins and the money tied up in him. We did even have some anti-Rogers Twitter. Uh, in, in fact, some of our uh, colleagues at uh, a- APC, who we really respect, say that the Rogers extension could be viewed as a mistake. Um, looking at the big picture, who who's in a better position going forward? The Packers? With Aaron Rodgers, who's 35 and has a much higher ceiling than Kirk Cousins, but you know we're probably never going to see him play at that level again. Uh, or the Vikings, who have all this money tied up in him, but maybe the the guts of their defense is better. Like, which franchise do you think is in better shape? Uh, I think if we're talking about franchise, we're talking about kind of like the contract situations for everybody. Um, I would say, despite the fact that the Vikings have like the least amount of cap room of any team in, in 2019 as well as 2018, um, I would say the Vikings. Um, but I would say the the Packers from a quarterback standpoint are, are better positioned because over the next three years, I think Rodgers is going to demonstrate the type of play that leads to winning more than Cousins does. He just won't necessarily have the coaching or the supporting cast uh, that can put him in those positions. Yeah, um, fair enough. Although next year, I mean, who knows what's going to happen at coach uh, the coaching right, position yeah, for the yeah. Packers next year. We were saying, uh, and Ben was the first one who said this basically, that we would even be okay with them promoting Mike Pettin because we feel like the defense is overachieved with less talent. A lot of people want them to get like an offensive minded head coach. I don't even know that an offensive minded head coach works with Aaron Rodgers at this stage in his career, unless it's someone who garners a lot of respect. I would almost rather like a Mike Zimmer, like a proven defensive coach. um, And then just make one really good hire at, at offensive coordinator. Yeah, honestly, I think that maybe the best approach for the Packers is to keep Mike Pettin a defensive coordinator because I think he's an extraordinary DC. I think he's doing a really good job with kind of what he has around with him. I mean, I wouldn't want to add any more responsibilities onto that given kind of what happened last time. Maybe hire a special teams coordinator as your head coach, um, Dave Tube, uh, or or something like that, and then have him kind of just just have everyone delegate and just have kind of a tinkerer mm. at offensive coordinator so that he can work with Aaron Rodgers to kind of figure out what the offense needs. Cause I agree that Rogers should have an extraordinary amount of input into how that offense should be designed. Yeah. Um, but I, I wouldn't want to take away from the good stuff that Petten is doing 
and so either you bring in another guy who's just going to be a delegator, um, or or you kind of go out of the box and get a special teams guy like Dick Jaron or or John Harbaugh. Uh, you know, I mean, it's unusual, but it's possible. So you're you're coming off of the the Bears loss. You just saw them. The Bears are hot right now. Their turnover differential is insane. Their defense is working wonders for them, and Mitchell Trubisky is actually playing pretty well. Um, do you have any reason to believe that this 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 wave that the Bears are riding is going to crash at any point this season, or are you willing to say that uh, you know the, the the Packers and Vikings, like they literally are this weekend, are just playing for second? Well, I think it's both. Um, so I think that the Bears are far enough ahead that if things crash for them, they'll still kind of maintain control of the division because uh, there's just not that much time left for the division to kind of be lost to them. Um, but I also think that they will regress pretty significantly. You mentioned the turnover stuff. That tends to regress. I think Trubisky is putting up pretty good statistics, but I don't think he's actually playing all that well. And we saw a little bit of that actually in this game. Trubisky didn't actually play all that well against the Vikings. It just so happened that, that the Vikings played worse, right? Mm. Um, and so I think that uh, kind of the stuff that we saw Trubisky struggle with in this game will probably see kind of continuing to go forward. So I think it's a bit of both. I think a de- that defense, They've got a lot of fumble luck. I think they've recovered like 75% of their fumbles. That's insanely high. Um, that defense will continue to be good, but it won't continue to generate turnovers at that insane rate. I think that offense will kind of regress a little bit over time. Um, and it's going to make it kind of like a, a very tepid uh, team come to playoffs, especially when you, you know, put them up against like the Rams and the Saints. But yeah, I, I think their lead is too far ahead for the Vikings and the Packers to catch up. What are what are the narratives that the Vikings are looking at coming into this week? Like like is there something I mean I I can't imagine that getting Dalvin Cook going can't be on, you know, a lot of fans' minds, but what else? Like what what do you think that Vikings Nation, Skull Nation wants to see coming out of this week? Sure. Well, they want to see Cousins perform under pressure. Uh they want to see uh, you know whether true or not one of the narratives is that John Filippo is not actually designing all that great of an offense. He's not that innovative an offensive coordinator. Um, there's a game management narrative for Zimmer that I think holds some weight. Uh, there's a, there's some conflicting narratives that, that, you know, can't exist at the same time, but there's a group of people that think, you know, Mike Zimmer doesn't do halftime adjustments. Um, and then there's another group of people that think that the only reason the defense is good is because he does halftime adjustments, but they, they always come out really poorly in the first half. Mm. Uh, and, you know, something like that. So I don't know, consistency, I guess on the defense is maybe, what they want. Um, yeah, it, it, there's, there's kind of a number of, of things they want to, uh, they always kind of have in the back of their head. I think the running game cousins under pressure game management, you know, all of those are kind of under the microscope. What do the Vikings need to do on defense to, to stop the Packers? I mean, I'm not, a, not that the Packers are particularly difficult to stop this season, but <laughs> right. well, cover the slant flat, right? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think, that... <laughs> Oh, Oh, you hurt me. <laughs> but I think that they, they do a pretty good job generating pressure. Uh, the question is kind of contained. Do they have the ability to contain it? Some issues with that against Trubisky. Um, so they need to have some sort of spy on Aaron Rodgers who's you know, healthy again. Um, and that pressure combined with contained is going to be important. I think at the back end, uh, you know, kind of rat recognition is going to be pretty important. Sometimes they just feel kind of out of sorts. Uh, their miscommunication has decreased pretty significantly, so they're kind of more coherent. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, so the secondary has been performing pretty well, um, but they still have tackling problems, um, especially with the linebackers. Having Anthony Barr back should help. Um, you know, whenever that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, no, defensively, 
the linebackers have been either abused in play action or if they fix that uh, abuse kind of as tacklers, you know, Eric Wilson replacing Anthony Barr has not been that great of a tackler or that great in, in run presence. Mm-hmm. Eric Hendricks has just kind of struggled this year. Um, they need to shore up on miscommunication and they need to make sure that when they do put pressure on the quarterback, that it either gets home or it doesn't kind of enable the quarterback to scramble for a first down. Uh, something the Vikings didn't deal with the first time they played the Packers is Aaron Jones. Is there any reason to believe that a player like that could make like sub- such a substantial difference um, in how different, I guess, the second matchup between these two teams can be? Well, in the sense that if Aaron Jones had been on the Packers for that first game, the Packers probably would have won because the, those final moments would have had kind of more drain the clock type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and they would have been more effective at kind of getting those first downs on the ground, uh, and that wouldn't have given the Vikings the time to, to to force overtime. So in that sense, you know, it would have changed the game. But I think on a larger sense, it, it probably is not all that impactful. Jones is very, very talented, but most of the running game is kind of determined by what's happening up front. The Vikings have a really good um, front against run defense, so long as it's, again, not a quarterback scramble. Um, and so I think for the most part, they're not all that worried. Uh, I mean, they're always worried. It's Mike Zimmer. He cares a lot about the run game, but they shouldn't be all that worried about um, kind of what the run game can provide. I mean, he'll be effective. He's going to get, you know, a couple of big chunk plays, probably even early on, 12 yards, 10 yards, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, um, I don't think it kind of swings things all that much. In a game where, of course, they tied, yeah, small advantages like that matter, but I think um, in another game where, where something isn't, that exactly close it's, it's probably not going to be that big yeah do you still feel like home field advantage is something we were talking about this i think on last week's episode because uh, i had just come back from like my friend who works in vegas for that new visa network or whatever he he just kept talking my ear off about uh like one of the most respected gamblers in vegas has the vikings home field advantage worth over four points now i see that the vikings open as three and a half point favorites at home so to me, that just says that Vegas just like literally like we've been talking about things. These two teams are kind of the same. They're equally mm-hmm. mad. they're equally capable of beating a good team or falling flat on their face. Um, but right. with the Vikings being at home, like I find it really hard to find any reason to pick against them in this spot. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, just, I, can't, I just can't be too confident in them at this point. <laughs> But, I guess the Bills game, it would be like if you're if you're building an argument and making the case, you right. can start with, well, the Bills went in there and won. Right, yeah, exactly. I would venture to say that one of the reasons that the Vikings have a, such a strong home field advantage um, is because it's a new stadium. There's a lot of evidence that indicates that um, new stadiums generate higher home field advantage over the course, like the first five, six years. Um, so uh, that kind of aligns with the evidence, at least. Um, but then also, you don't have to play like outside and, you know, it's, a thing you know the vikings are used to playing indoors and they have that fucking um, horn man that goddamn horn <laughs> <laughs> well even rogers has come out and said that like that they're pumping in sound he he hates that man oh man <laughs> i love it i love that he accused them of the artificial noise that's good that's so good for a rivalry peak mike mccarthy subtext he's always always talking about stadiums that pump in noise like making a making an odd comment here or there at a press conference in minnesota is on that list <laughs> Can I just say that this is like slanderous and I'm not saying like I don't want Lambeau Field and I don't appreciate Lambeau Field, but like I, like I wish Aaron Rodgers played in a stadium like that. Like Aaron Rodgers in a dome like for the past decade, like I would I would have killed for that. Meh. Yeah, I mean, the, the results would have been amazing. I think Brady probably 
agrees, right? <laughs> you could just play in a dome his whole career. Right. You know, I, I'm confident that they don't pump in noise, but also, I mean, because they were caught for that, you know, uh, years ago um, with the Metrodome. Um, but, uh, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> I remember, wait, was it, I think Prince Fielder hit a inside the park home run off the uh, speaker at the Metrodome. <laughs> What? <laughs> you don't remember that? No. Some some brewer hit an inside uh, the park home run off off the speaker. At the were they uh, were they penalized for getting caught for that? Did they like lose a draft pick or something, or were they just kind of chastised? Uh, it was like a two hundred fifty thousand dollars fine. I don't think they lost a draft pick. Or oh, okay. Yeah, and I think like the specific accusation was like against the Falcons or something. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think it's probably not likely. But what I don't really care that he accused them of it because I think. Stuff like that just makes rivalries that much like more fun. Like, ah, no, we have evidence you're cheaters. You know, one of the top quarterbacks in the world says you pump in noise. Are, <laughs> so, are, are the are the Packers still the Vikings' public enemy number one, or are the Bears kind of slow? I mean, I guess it wouldn't change. It's that always quick. the Packers. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, because the Packers are are a franchise that's existed for much longer, and so when the Vikings were founded, you know, most of Minnesota they were Packers fans in 1960, and in 1961 they've got a team. So now you've got people who, in your own neighborhood, maybe mm-hmm. even your own home, yeah. um, cheer for another team. So I think that always kind of enriches rivalry more than, more than anything else. So, yeah, I mean, the Bears and Vikings could go back and forth for a decade, and I think they'd still hate the Packers more. Yeah. Traitorous scum. <laughs> Is there, like, a narrative of, like, uh, you know, like, prevent the Packers fans from getting into our stadium? Like, I keep thinking about how, like, uh, Miller Park always gets inundated with Cubs fans, and then it's just like an excuse for like radio hosts to rant to get and tell every <laughs> Brewers fan what a bad Brewers fan they are, and this, that, and the other. Is that is that something that this rivalry carries at all? Yeah, kind of, kind of. I think um, I think for the most part that's died around for most of the NFL just because of how easy it is to just sell your tickets online and you have no idea kind of who's buying them. I think like before it was like a huge deal, and then over time it's just kind of died off because. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a perfect place to end. You know, whatever. Like, this game, like, would be exciting. Like, I can't believe, like, it is Sunday night. It's a very important game, but, like, yeah, whatever. I think it'll be a great game. I'm excited for, like, a good game. I think it'll be a good opportunity to, like, eat leftover pie on the couch, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so here's something that I think Vikings fans haven't qu- don't quite believe, even though, like, the numbers kind of indicate that it's true. So they still have an above 50% chance of making the playoffs according to like New York Times upshot and number fire and, you know, any number of kind of simulations. Um, if they beat the Packers and then beat the Seahawks, whether or not they win or lose to the Patriots uh, in between, they have an 80% chance of making the playoffs. So this game is super important, even though Vikings fans for the first couple of days this week are just going to be completely checked out and believe that they're not going to make the playoffs. And I bet something very similar is true for the Packers too, yeah. where, They've got better than, I mean, who's the wild card, right? Because the NFC South, both of the wild card contenders lost this week. Right. The NFC East is garbage. And so you're probably going to get a wild card number six that's pretty, you know, that's from this division. So mm-hmm. it's going to matter. I just think people don't realize it. Vikings and the Packers are two teams wading through a, like a conference full of trash, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing with the Packers is that we, we've, as a podcast, seem to have come to a consensus that no matter what happens, Mike McCarthy's out after this season. So there does kind of have this feeling of like playing out the string. Like even if they make the playoffs, you're just going, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, it's like what the Titans did last year. Like, oh, you made the playoffs. Oh, you won a playoff game. Great. You're gone. Yeah. Like I think, which it totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's why we're kind of I, I, I guess that just goes to show how spoiled we are. I mean, if, if anything, the Vikings showed last season that you can have, you know, 
you can beat an amazing football team apparently on a, on one play at the end of the game and then get stomped out the night anyway. But um, so yeah, I mean anything can happen in the playoffs, especially with Aaron Rodgers. You know, we, we but I, I don't think anybody in Packers Nation is really like this is not this does not feel like the season. No. Although much like 2010, and again, it's a stupid uh, correlation because in 2010, like the Packers were so obviously great and they never trailed by more than a score. But the rest of the NFC is just doing just enough terrible um, to to still like put you in play. Like the Panthers lose it. Last week we talked about this. I was like the Panthers were the main wild card team that seemed like a lock. And now I could see them spiraling like. See, to me, that feels like 2013. Like that, that feels like the Rodgers hurt. Backing in with eight, seven, and one. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that 2013 would sound more, more right. Than that, that is a better comparison. Well, yes. I mean, who did he, what you say, 2015 or 2013? 13. Oh, okay. Cause in 2015, I mean, he beat Kirk Cousins in the playoffs, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, this, yeah, this, this to me has the feeling of the kind of garbage, yeah. garbage teams fighting over scraps. Um, <laughs> yummy. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so I know you said, you know, hey, maybe that's it, but I do, this I think is a good question. At what point, what level of, of game does he have to reach before he's not fireable for the season? So to make the playoffs, he's probably still fireable. Win one playoff game, maybe still fireable, but I have to imagine, you know, if they're in the Super Bowl, whether or not they win or lose, you, you can't fire them. Not sure. I, Honestly, I, not certain. I made the case uh, last week when we talked to Mina Kimes that there, there is, there is a case to be made. I think for they go to the Super Bowl, and you could still find a way to arrange for him to not be the coach next year. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that sounds like a hit. That sounds <laughs> yeah, like you're does. organizing an assassination. <laughs> do, do you know a guy? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What did what did they actually? Because Ted Thompson technically moved to a different position within the team, right? Like, Ted yeah, Thompson he didn't did. even like fully resign. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, like that. He's I, now I, the head scout of his uh, house in Texas. It's just really <laughs> hard to see everybody getting a on the same page and be excited about being on that page. I know right, that sounds yeah, that's yeah. like a lot to ask. But I think it's pretty easy to look around the NFL right now and see a bunch of teams that kind of are full of, uh, you know, hope. It's weird. I said that because... Wait, what's, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, hope. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's funny. The reason I, I hesitated is because I said hope, and then the first team that popped into my head was the, was the Los Angeles Chargers, and I was like, wait a second, that's not a very good word for them. <laughs> so I... I like, I don't think they want to be the Chargers, right? Like, I think they want to they, right. they want to figure it out before they are the Chargers or or right. the you know late Elway Broncos or you know they want to make a move before it gets that dire, and right. and I and that's the sense I have of this season. Yeah. Or the late the late Manning era Giants, you know, like there's a lot of teams that you can see have missed the boat, right? And and they don't want yeah. to miss the the Fred Smoot boat. Um, there were uh... <laughs> the SS Smoot. <laughs> There were um, Packers fans on on Twitter saying that they would rather the team just tank and lose out to get rid of McCarthy than for them to win out and make a Super Bowl run. Screw those people. Uh, yeah, that's which dumb. I think is just hilarious. Like, but it is Wild. a fascinating. Yeah, like I, Packers I, I mean, fans like, are very spoiled. Yeah, that's Delusional. that's an important, and I think that's one thing that Vikings fans, when they talk endless amounts of crap on Packers fans, that they generally get right is that we do not have any idea how good we have it, especially with quarterback play. Yeah, I'm not willing to sacrifice two months of of whatever we have left of Aaron Rodgers just to ensure that we get McCarthy out of here no, like, that's no. nonsense but to answer your question 
I think I think he could get to the Super Bowl and still not be a coach. It depends of the on Green how Bay badly they fall over themselves in the Super Bowl and you know punt on fourth and two. With <laughs> That's what, true too. When they're not going to get another possession, like then you could definitely justify firing him. And, and again, Arif, you know if if you, if you know a guy, you know after the call, we'll uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> right. yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, drape him in purple, and it'll it'll be totally believable. It'll sort itself out. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. All right. Uh, anyway, we appreciate the time, and um, you know, we always look forward to being able to talk to you and uh, enjoy a week of madness. I'm sure leading up uh, up to this thing, with fans losing their minds. And Thanksgiving, that too. Oh yeah, and Thanksgiving. Oh, Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you too. Have a good one. Later. All right, that's going to do it for us this holiday week over at the APC pod. Huge thanks to Arif Hassan, at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. Again, always a pleasure talking to him. The Packers are set to take on the Minnesota Vikings this Sunday in Minnesota. Whether or not there is crowd noise pumped in there remains to be seen or heard remains to be heard. Either way, it's the vaunted battle for second place. Some some sarcasm there. But hey, there's still optimism. This team still has a chance to do something. Something positive. Let's hope for a win. I saw a poll recently where some fans voted that they preferred the team would lose out if it meant Mike McCarthy definitely lost his job. And I don't know who you people are, but I like watching entertaining, winning football. I don't know what you're watching for. Speaking of watching football, I will uh, leave you there. So enjoy the game. Let's go get a win, Packers. See ya. Hello, you are listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.